episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter, I guess, at Bob McDonald. Uh, Matt Dudek, who you can find at Horizon, Matt will not be joining us today, but filling in for him uh, is John Parker. Good to be here, man. John, of course, is on Twitter at Horizon. John, you can find the podcast on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can find us on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. You can find us on the web at horizonroundtable.com and be sure to find us wherever podcasts are found. Uh, John, we, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about everything on the men's side, but we decided it would be a good idea to talk about uh, you know a little bit about what's going on on the women's side. So joining us is our writer, uh, Kyle Rossi. Hey, guys. Right. Hey, Kyle. How's it going today? I'm good. How are you guys, man? Outstanding. <laughs> So um, before we get started, you may notice that we have Kyle on instead of the first episode of the Fall Fan Forum. Well, that's what happens when no fans sign up. So sorry, guys. That's it's. I think that's kind of the end. You'll still have the you'll still have the fan battle royale. You'll still have that. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah. But anyway, um, so Kyle, Kyle, obviously your focus is going to be primarily uh, you're, you're going to be spending a lot of time focusing on Cleveland state this year, but I know you have spent a lot, a lot of time going through the entire conference, which is awesome because I have some questions. <laughs> That's good. I don't know that I have some answers, but we'll try our best. Awesome. Well, the first question, okay. So I wanted to, I know we talked a little bit about this before our long summer break. Um, and that's the situation at Detroit Mercy. Obviously, Anna Marie Gilbert, um, her entire team kind of, you know, her uh, her entire team entered the transfer portal. And then a couple of folks who wanted to come back said they weren't allowed to come back, so they didn't come back. And then Detroit Mercy decided, okay, we're going to keep her. And then fast forward like a month later, I think it was, she resigned. <laughs> it is really one of the most bizarre things. I mean, I'm sort of new to this world, but not new to sports generally, obviously. One of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, to be quite frank about it. It, it truly is. Um, but the good news for Detroit Mercy is that taking the interim, interim role was Anna Marie Gilbert's recruiting coordinator, Latanya Collins. And Col- Latanya Collins wasted no time uh, not only filling the roster, but putting together the conference, uh, putting together the schedule. So, I mean, on the surface, it's look, it looks like nothing, you know, there, there was just a complete roster turnover and that was about it. Yeah. I mean, like the thing with Detroit is, you know, Latanya Collins is an accomplished coach. She's had a good career to this point. She brought on a very qualified staff. She's filled out a roster. I mean, you know, whatever happened, happened. And you kind of have to acknowledge that, I mean, they pretty much wiped the slate clean, right? So nobody there um, now was part of it. I mean, they, it was a, I mean, not only, again, not only, she is the only staffer left from yeah. the Gilbert regime. So, and yeah, she absolutely. Quite, quite literally, she was on staff, and then they had one girl who had signed in the early period that they somehow managed to keep and still wanted, apparently. They didn't chase her away, but. That's literally I, the I only thing. Uh, oh, let's see here. That would have been uh, Irene Murura from Louisiana Tech. She transferred in right as everything was happening. And that was kind of, there was another blank on our name now. Good timing there. But somebody who had signed with them in November. Yeah. But yeah, Marua, I, I mean, you look down their roster, you know, you have her from Louisiana Tech. You have Brandy Washington from Grambling. Uh, Sydney Searcy, Morgan State, you know, go down. They had Jan Lewis from Northern Kentucky, who's a pretty good player, just had a lot of injury problems. She's over there as a uh, grad transfer. They have a roster of competent D1 players. I mean, they. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you look at their roster up and down, by and large, with 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 few exceptions, they're almost all D1 transfers. I think of all I think. Of all teams this year, I think Detroit Mercy probably benefited from the most from the fact that there was a there was that uh, one year transfer waiver. Sure, 
And that's yes. insane. And that's insane when you think about it. When you think about where they were, you know, in May, completely insane. Yeah. If there was ever, I mean, if there was ever a good year to just completely napalm your roster and start fresh, I guess this is it. Clearly, yeah. I mean, yeah. And again, I mean, yeah. The again, the only the only kind of comparison that we have from the Horizon League standpoint is you know the 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 implosion in Cleveland State two years ago in the middle of July. The, that right. was, and that's in and even then you still had. Uh, a handful of players who stayed under Dennis Gates. Um, and obviously Dennis Gates went into a completely different direction that year. Um, yeah. You know, looking at the, you looking at the JUCOs and things like that, this is a completely different situation. This just, just blew up and started all over again. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you with Detroit mercy. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Detroit mercy who is, has been, for multiple years, first under uh, Bernard Scott and then under Anna Marie Gilbert the first year, have been consistently, you know, at the bottom of the conference standings, which right. is which is amazing, which I can see the, you know, the dynamic, especially when you, and we'll talk a little bit about the upper half of the uh, of the uh, of the stand, you know, upper half of the league a little later, but kind of. You, you see such a dividing line between that that top half of the conference and then you get to Detroit Mercy and they're basically an also ran. Yeah. Well, that's what always cracks me up is every year, you know, around this time, all the preview magazines come out and everything and somebody will say like, oh, well, they're, you know, they weren't a great team last year, but they return everybody. Well, okay. <laughs> what's, the, what's, what's so great about that? If they're the same people that weren't great last year, I mean, they really – Hit the weights that hard or something, but <laughs> it always drives me nuts. Thank you. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, though. Right? This is really, really an interesting case study. I mean, you're going to yeah. tear this thing down and just try and rebuild the thing from basically zero. It's going to be inter- fascinating. I, you know, it seems like. It, by the way, I think as far as uh, preseason publications are concerned, I think we're kind of it for the for this side of the ball. <laughs> And by the way, preview week is coming the week of October 17th, so be on the lookout. Oh, yeah. I'm already already thinking about how I'm going to write for that. So uh, I yeah. know you are. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those picks you made a little later on in the podcast, too. Oh, boy. That's right. You know, I've actually I actually got to uh, to speak to uh, Mel Guafong yesterday at, uh, at Cleveland State's event, and she was not upset with her ranking, so I'm one for 15 so far. There you go. There you go. But yeah, as far as Detroit Mercy is concerned, but yeah, with the, I guess the question, there's a couple of questions that still remain. So first and foremost, um, Latanya Collins is the interim coach, so she's kind of in the same situation as Byron Rim was at IUPUI, and they gave him another year, but they only gave him another year, which I thought was the most bizarre thing ever. What do you, what do we make of you know? Latanya Collins's chances of getting the full-time permanent job after this year. You know, it's whoever really knows with those things, honestly. Uh, I mean, it's all going to depend. I think if you know they're looking for a culture shift, I can't imagine that they expect to win too many games this year. And I'll go, I'll go on record right now. They're going to ruin somebody's day this year. I don't know who or when, but well, with that many, with that many D1 transfers, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't finish in last place even. I'll go that far. But, you know, winning and losing, I, I don't think there can be a huge expectation on that point. I think they're just looking for culture and whether they can kind of reset things and have something to build on for, you know, uh, 2022, 23 and beyond. Or worst case scenario, this is just a just a caretaker year. And then next year we get to do this all yeah. over again. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, or or they'll just. I'd rather not that be the case. You do that too. I've seen that happen too often, and it never works. Maybe maybe not quite as caustic as we had this time around, but sure they they get rid of the coaching staff. You know, three quarters of the team transfers out, and (laughs) we'll be having the same conversation next August or next September. Well, yeah, I would rather not do that. Yeah, so I would rather not. I would rather not too. I'll, I mean, I think I've said it already, but I'm, I'm rooting for them honestly. I, I hope they they do well and exceed everyone's expectations. I mean, I guess I guess it still comes back to the fact that you you had the you, it, it seems like they had this contingency plan in place, and obviously Latanya Collins 
seriously had a plan in place for this contingency. Or yeah. this was what was going on to begin with, too. Again, she was a recruiting coordinator under Gilbert. So this may have already been what was going on. Sure. But I guess the bizarre thing is the fact that, you know, after about a month or so of Detroit Mercy saying, okay, Henry Gilbert's our, our coach, that's it, end of discussion, they do a complete 180. And I would I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand well, that, how that could be the case. It, it really is there. bizarre because you, you can't say that this is necessarily a well-thought-out plan. And, and no, and, you know, and it, no, that was the time. The time that calls knew it was up all along when, when you know, Robert Vowles didn't know it was up all along. So Yeah, I, I know. know. That's a, that's the crazy she, part. She, I mean, she's, she's made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what for the most part, and good for her. You're allowed to say shit on this podcast. I am? All right. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, I mean, but and again, I think this goes back to kind of the, the how fortunate the, you know, how fortunate Detroit Mercy was to have somebody like a LaTanya Collins as an assistant coach. Again, she spent a lot of time, um, you know, not only as an assistant in D1, but she was, uh, she was a, she was a JUCO head coach as well. And she did a very good job in that role so i you know the fact that you she stuck around is probably helps them a lot more but again it just seems to you know this kind of goes beyond what's you know it's kind of goes and again it looks like she has a very good plan in place in terms of how this is going to go down but it just seems so bizarre that after all the time this entire you know there was a whole stretch where detroit mercy basically said okay this is our this is our coach you know, we're supporting her, blah, 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 blah. And then fast forward, you know, nope, she's not here anymore. <laughs> right. I, it's yeah, so I'm insane saying, yeah, how that happened. I just didn't understand it. As far as, as far as the tiny Collins goes, I mean, you know, when I, when I'm looking at coaches, I'm not in the room with any of these guys, obviously. So it's tough to look at it from that perspective, but if I don't know anything else about them, you know, what I, I look know, at, if I'm, I'm, if I'm Robert Fowles, I don't want to be in his head, man. <laughs> <laughs> It seems well, like I got way too much time. It's way too much going you, on. If you hire a coach, I look at you know, okay, have they been have they been exposed to a number of different programs at different levels? Have they yeah. filled a bunch of different roles of those programs, and have they been successful? And, and Collins checks all those boxes, so let's yeah. let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from the bottom of the standings, as we you know, as I, I see it, to the top of the standings, um, I, I gotta say, um. You know, I know there the the top of the standings is pretty uh, again pretty uh, pretty competitive this year. But I think by and large, I think the the team that stands out the most to me is IUPUI without question. Oh yeah, you know, and I'll I'll put I think I think Milwaukee's kind of a one B, but IUPUI would be my my pick for to win the championship. And I think people forget they were to me they were the best team for most of last season too. Yeah. They, just, they had some COVID issues, you know, the right state kind of came on late and, you know, the Angel Baker show kind of took over. But to me, IUPUI was the best team in league for most of the season. Sure. And we need to talk, we actually need to talk about the fact that Wright State also has a situation where. Right, this entire time they've had, they've had a little bit of a turnover themselves for sure. They, they're in, well, yeah, well, obviously um, Katrina Merriweather went to Memphis, and she it looks like she took her entire staff with her. She took the entire staff with her. Yep. Which was because we were at we were wondering, okay, well then why and we were looking like well, we were thinking for a while, okay, so why is this searching co- uh, this coaching search going on? You would think they would have offered a job to one of the assistants, but as it turns out. None of them wanted it because they were going to Memphis with right. Katrina Merriweather. That's, I mean, if yeah, if you have a good team and your coach leaves, I mean, that's pretty much standard. You know, want you want to keep it rolling as much as possible. But yeah, they didn't have that yeah. option. That is true, and also they they also took Frierson for uh, Taylor Frierson with them too. Angel so, Baker yeah. went to this. Uh, Monty Jefferson transferred out as well. So they're kind of like the position they're in right now. They have like their guys that girls rather that were definitely their their secondary type players that are kind of their frontline players now and unless they have something big up their sleeve it's that's kind of a tough go i know when when the hire was made originally i thought for sure that it was you know it what they were going to just kind of pick up what they left off but i mean just looking at everybody the, the folks who have left to this point i mean it is going to be 
kind of a struggle. So and and we'll we'll see with that one. I don't think uh, you know Carrie Hoffman is coming in. She's coming in. For, she's actually coming in from down the street. From I say down the street, like I think Cedarville is that close to you know right <laughs> state. Might be. It's Southwest Ohio. It all just melts together for me. <laughs> I think the thing with Carrie Hoffman, I mean, she was extremely successful at Cedarville. Oh, she, she knows the area like crazy. I mean, and yeah, you you can eat down there in Dayton, Cincinnati. I mean, that's there's no question absolutely. about that. You you have to you have to wrestle a few people for oh, it. Oh, she did absolutely. Yeah, she because she she was the she was the you know she was the, the coach of the year the in the Greatwood mid the GMAC the Greatwood Midwest Athletic Conference can't can't pronounce anything this morning. Um, Two, two for two years. I mean, she was a she averaged like twenty two and a half wins in D two, and it's funny because we talk about we've talked about on the men's side where we've had these transitions from D two to D one. We had Jared Calhoun who did that from uh, Fairmont State went to Youngstown State, and then most recently Will Ryan who went from Wheeling to Green Bay. And it's funny because we're seeing the exact same thing. We're seeing this happen here on the women's side with Carrie Hoffman. And again, it's a, it's, it makes sense. Um, Successful D2 coach knows the area, you know, could probably hit the ground running. My only, my only thing with that is that, you know, you're talking about, um, how do you replace who you know? How do you replace an Angel Baker? And you kind of don't because that you know that's a once in it you know that's a kind of for Wright State that's a that's a a really significant piece. And then you know take some other people in there as well. Like you the know, things and the, the the best thing for Wright State, given what they lost, would have been to just you know go crazy in the portal. But they they hired Hoffman so late they kind of missed the first cut at the portal. For the most yeah. part, too. Well, the other good thing, the good news for them also is that, despite the fact, and again, I have to point, I do have to point out that, Angel, yeah. So Angel Baker is the only you know, kind of real true transfer. You know, Tyler Frierson, um, you know, she's cashing in on her extra year, so um, she's definitely, you know, that that's a different situation for her. And then you also mentioned Imani Washington also uh, transferring out as well. Um, but then when you look at it too, this season, you know, you have you still by and large have all of the you still have a lot of the roster from last year still here. So yeah. you're not you're not starting from like zero, but it's gonna be a struggle kind of figuring out where the where the productivity is going to come from after you know, post yeah. uh and you know, post Angel Baker. Culture wise, depth wise, I think they'll be okay. But you know, at the end of the day, you have to have the new old saying: your best players have to be your best players. But you have to have best players in order for that to happen. And I don't know that they quite have that right now. They're not going to be a dumpster fire. But I just, at the end of the day, who, who's taking the big shot for them? I don't. I can't say that I can answer that right now. Well, that's probably yeah. It's fun. And also, as I'm looking at the as I'm looking at the stats, you know, you're looking at a team that lost their top three players. Um, so that's going to be – so I guess that's probably going to go to, you know, next person up is going to be probably Jada Robertson, maybe. You know, maybe. They, and I'm looking – and again, as I'm looking at the roster, they didn't really – they – it's pretty organic. They didn't really go with – the Hoffman didn't really go with the – didn't go the transfer route, it looks like. I mean, she didn't spend a lot of time on the transfer route. I mean, a little bit, but not much. Yeah, and it got a um, Deesh Beck out of Ohio, which I thought was a nice ad for them. I mean, she's for a limited time on the floor, she was pretty efficient with it, and I think, you know, again, yeah. she's she's not going to be the new Angel Baker or anything like that, but she's going to be quality depth for them and yeah. step up and probably have a big game here or there where needed. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think that'll be good to have too. Again, that'll probably. That, that's and again you do have like I said you have a lot of the pieces from last year back too so that's going to be very yeah. that's going to be very helpful for them so um so at this point so and again as I mentioned man yeah 
I gotta go back to I gotta go back to IUPUI because yeah, you wanted to talk about IUPUI, and we ended up on Wright State. <laughs> I know, I did, I did, oh, man. Right, I, okay. I, I, but I'm looking at I'm looking at IUPUI, and they added more people while they were at it. All right. <laughs> it's more like holy crap. I thought they were the best team in the league most of last year, and then they went out and got you know Big Twelve rotation players. <laughs> That yeah. scored like, 20 what? points in the NCAA tournament or whatever it was. I'm like sitting there and I'm like, oh, so so you're at yeah they they're not messing around. They are no, no. they are under no circumstances messing around there. It is yeah they, you know I mean Macy Williams is um, she's you know cashing in on her extra year so she's absolutely back. And it's, I mean, with, I mean, honestly, probably with this, with the explicit purpose of, yeah, you know what? We're going to go for the championship this year and nobody's going to stop us. Yeah. You want to challenge you all to stop us, basically. I want to talk about Mount Rushmore. I think she's going for multiple spots on the Horizon League women's Mount Rushmore. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Just put her face on there twice. Before. Might as well. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, okay. Yeah, I, I threw that I am not arguing that point. <laughs> can I can I throw some spoilers out there for our listeners right now? Absolutely. Uh, Macy Williams is going to be our preseason player of the year. Sorry to uh, <laughs> Chelsea Olsen's dad, but <laughs> <laughs> did you just call out Chelsea Olsen's dad? He follows me. <laughs> he does follow you. <laughs> he got mad at me for saying that. <laughs> Uh, I, I, love, I love Chelsea Olsen, though. She's going to be – I mean, we can talk about Youngstown State a little bit later, but she's going to be a key yeah. player again for them. I mean, she's she might be the best defensive player in the league right now, too. So, uh, but Macy, Williams, Macy Williams might be just, the, I mean, the best player the conference has ever had. I mean, she probably is by most objective measures, so you kind of have to go with it. Yeah, she's already yeah. got the first ever three-peat. Yeah, that's true. And because of this unique situation, she might go for a four-peat. Uh, come on now. Um, And yet, like, we were kind of talking about it, and the one thing that could stop her is that IUPUI, for all intents and purposes, I know that the co-champs were Milwaukee and uh, Wright State, but IUPUI, like, in terms of, like, win percentage was right there. They just didn't have enough games due to COVID. yeah, they got, got kind of screwed by the, the weird yeah. secret formula that they had for all that, I think, with some cancellations and everything. I mean, if they just won a weekend series, they would have been the undisputed champs. So. Correct. Um, but anyway, um, to me, they're probably more talented, like you were kind of implying, uh, adding Madison-wise, than they were yeah. last year. <laughs> Are you I mean. I don't want to play them. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like a situation like last year with um, Wright State on the men's side where you had Grant Basile, uh, Loudon Love, and Tanner Holden with them where they might have three. And don't forget Tim Finke. Well, but they might have three players who, if you were just going by talent, would all be first teamers. But obviously, you know, only one player can shoot the ball. So um, you end up with a situation where they end up a little bit more spread out on the all-league team. That's where it gets – yeah. I mean, the nice thing that IUPUI has is that that, uh, Wise and uh, Williams and Rachel McElmore, they all do kind of different things well. So they're not – you know, it's going to be sort of a what do you want to give us and then we'll go take a type of situation with them. So I don't think there's going to be any kind of issues like sharing the basketball or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, that's, <laughs> it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that all plays out there. It's, you know, you talk about like all league teams and things like that, you know, some poor Milwaukee, I think I threw one of them in my top 15, even though I have them as their one, this is the one B kind of, it's just, <laughs> but it's, it's a, it's a stats game, whether you like it or not, that's just how it's always been. And there's not really a better way to do it to this point. So, well, yeah. And, and again, you talk about a Milwaukee team that is bringing nearly everybody back, not the least yeah. of which being Megan Wallstadt. Yeah. And then she's, like I said, in my top 15 and she's kind of a, an avatar for the entire program, just ruthlessly efficient, you know, works hard defensively. That entire team is just ridiculous defensively. So, you know, and the old thing is, you know, IUPUI has got the superstars, but, you know, defense travels. So it's you usually don't have a bad day defensively. You can't have a bad day shooting the basketball. So 
We'll see. I think IUPUI is a little bit head and shoulders above them at this point. But that's if they if those two end up being the two battling for the for the auto bid, then it's going to be a great ball game. The other thing I, I'm glad you mentioned. I, I'm also very glad you mentioned um, Youngstown State. Um, the good news is obviously Chelsea Olsen comes back. Mary Dunn, however, does not. Right. So that's that. How does that affect them as um, this year? As far I, as you know, going up against it again. If you look at this, you know, up and down, and we haven't even talked about Cleveland State, Northern Kentucky yet. No, Youngstown State is. There's a girl, Lindsay Leonard. I really, really wanted to put her on my top fifteen. I had to bump her out at the last minute. I, I'll, I'll tell this little thing nugget. I actually forgot about Destiny Leo, so I had to, I had to bump Lindsay Leonard out. But this oh, girl, you're going to hell. Yeah. Also publicized that whole thing with the girl beating her horse on Twitter, but she let her win, obviously. Uh, but missing these little six foot shots. <laughs> it was kind of rough to watch. But um, yeah, the Lindsay Leonard Duquesne transfer. I have to give her a shout out because she's from uh, my hometown, Medina, Ohio. Uh, but, you know, she's she's six, four, big kid uh, could potentially plug into that Mary Dunn role a little bit. Uh, they got another one girl I'm really intrigued to watch from Youngstown State, too, is uh, Lily Ritz. She's a transfer up from uh, Wheeling D- in D2. But she was the D2 national rebounding leader two years in a row and had like 16 boards a game. I mean, obviously, D2 isn't D1, but you know how to rebound. That's not going to go away when you move yeah. up a division. You might have to fight a little harder for it, but that, she's going to be interesting to watch. So they have a couple of, of bigger players that could potentially, you know, buffer that loss of Mary Dunn. But that's – you don't just replace a Mary Dunn. I mean, we know that. This is true. And then um, next to Obiezer as well is going to oh, be – Oh, good. Oh, actually, yeah, that's true. Wow. Killed. Holy – Neka Obiezer was an assassin, man. I, I loved her. I was kind of sad that she left. Not sad from a CSU <laughs> point of view, but sad for the league. <laughs> she came out now, CSU, now, CSU has its own issues because Mariah White's gone. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, CSU interesting to me because if, if it wasn't for Mariah Whiteley, she went to uh, Missouri State, but uh, she's a grad transfer, great, great. She already has a degree in her pocket. I mean, great student, great everything. If it wasn't for that, I think we'd be talking about CSU maybe as a 1C because they really, you know, they kind of took the, the, the shotgun approach to the transfer portal, but they did add a little bit of everything that, one true freshman, Faith Birch. Uh, she's six one, super athletic. She's a state qualifier in hurdles and something else. I think another track event. So yeah, she's a pretty good athlete. I mentioned the uh, one, actually the one the one I'm looking at uh, the one that I'm paying attention particular attention to next year is Deja Williams from Cal State Northridge. Yeah, she's I, I love she was an all the Big West freshman team too. So. I mean, and that's going to be, and she brings the firepower too, because she's, you know, she had a bunch of three pointers last year at Northridge. She's a, so. Yeah, she's a, she's a pretty straightforward three point shooter, um, but good defender as well. Uh, good floor leader. I, mean, I tried to watch. She's actually one of the ones I tried when they announced some of these transfers. I tried to find some of their old games and check them out, and she's one of the few where CSUN had a bunch of those games. They they sat out last year altogether, so that was they they kind of lost a few people there, but. Um, I was able to find some of their old games and watch probably more of her than most, but yeah, she's going to, she's going to be a nice ad. Uh, I like Gabby Smith too. She was a Juco all American, uh, shot 49% from the floor, which is nuts. Uh, she actually started her career at ball state and wasn't, didn't have a super great year there. So there's a little bit of, uh, tempering that expectation just a bit, but I'm kind of interested to see what she has as well. All right. So, um, and let, I mean, I, I know we want to talk, there's, again, there's so many that we should, we can talk about, but, you know, from the, from the top half of the conference standing standpoint, you know, I also want to kind of touch on, you know, what uh, Northern Kentucky has. Northern Kentucky, and they're always, they always kind of sneak up on you, don't they? No matter men's or women's, really. <laughs> yeah. You, you tell no lies there. <laughs> <laughs> They're another team that was kind of, you know, they were brutalized a lot by COVID last year. Uh, but you know what? They they returned most of their team as well. Uh, they, they beat Milwaukee twice uh, late in the season. So they're uh, 
maybe a little bit underrated coming into the year. I definitely have them in that, I'd say, after IUPUI Milwaukee, I'd say Cleveland State, uh, Northern Kentucky, and uh, Green Bay probably makes up that next group with Oakland maybe yeah, kind of right behind honestly, them. We haven't even really talked about Green Bay. I and, mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, when you think of a Green Bay, you think <laughs> yeah, of this dynastic. Okay. Yeah, we got a half di- hour into this preview. We haven't mentioned Green Bay yet. That's kind of crazy. That yeah. is because they, they've, they're, they've been so dominant over so long. And then within the last three or four years, they, uh, Green Bay, everybody has caught up to Green Bay. Yeah. Um, and and it's and and it's amazing, and I think that's for me that's a testament to okay, Green Bay set the standard. Now everybody needs to play to Green Bay's level, and now they are. I, I which I, unfortunately I, it just, you know may actually also mean that <laughs> that Green Bay might uh, you know suffer from that. Well, they I, were, I think a little bit with like Milwaukee is like I, I think of the, the the Captain Phillips meme that I'm the captain now, and Milwaukee's kind of looking look at me. I'm the Green Bay now. <laughs> like, I hope you're right. I, I hope you're right. I know, I know, I know John over there hopes I'm right. It's it just, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't, I think I mentioned this on the writer's round table. There's a ridiculous stat. Like they were like 65 and two against Cleveland state over the yeah. last 15, 20 years, something like that. And Cleveland state yeah. beat two out of three last year. So it's kind of, yeah. I, you know, so all I know I is that I, I would not make it. Like, no, Knowing Kevin Borseth, as we should all do, I would probably not want to have been around him after the end of that season. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I I mean, obviously he had that viral clip from uh, Michigan that went around there. But, you know, Green Bay, <laughs> that's never going to not be funny either, by the way. Yeah. You know, women's recruiting rankings are always tough to come by, but I did see somebody that had them ahead of Wisconsin and Marquette as far as their their freshman class goes. So. I'm not ready to write them off just yet. It definitely is kind of a pivot point for their program and what they're going to be relative to the rest of the league going forward. So they're they're definitely one of the big teams to watch this year for sure. Yeah, but and and you look at it, and again, as I mentioned before, as you look at kind of the top half, it, I mean, obviously IUPUI, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely slot them at the top. But yeah, you look through it, like two through maybe even seven or even eight if you add in Oakland there. Um, yeah. Wow, that is it, yeah. the the parity within that group there. Yeah, any one of anybody from that group, uh, you know, any one team can beat the other team. <laughs> yeah, sure. it's gonna like be that. a very. It, it's funny because we we talk about kind of the log jams we've had in the middle of the standings on the men's side. I could see that. I could easily see that happening here too. Absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I'll probably be a homer and put Cleveland State third. But if they finish sixth or seventh, I wouldn't be all that surprising either. That's a that that middle upper middle class of the league is packed and fantastic. So I assume you're so I assume you're putting Milwaukee second. And by the way, you're blowing. Cri- <laughs> yeah, you're blowing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come out and say right now. I'll say IUPUI Milwaukee. We're, yes, we're not, not even. A, we're still two weeks away from those things. <laughs> all right. No, I'm well, taking. Uh, it's okay, but um, you got you, you to give, give me the clicks to read more than that. How about that? There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> but what I will do, I see uh, you did kind of break down, obviously, Macy Williams. You know, I, I don't think that's going to be any surprise. We're going to be yeah. your player of the year. However, I know you were talking a little bit about the all league teams as well. I'd like to kind of have you elaborate on that too. Sure. Hey, uh, <laughs> Starting point for that, or we just want to run with it. Okay. Go for it. All right, we'll go. I, I mentioned Mel Guafang. I, what I love about her, I won't read everybody, but uh, she's, I mean, I, she's one of the ones where I saw some of her clips too from uh, Radford. She's she's only listed at like six foot six one, but she is an absolute demon. I mean, you think if you're like an old school person, you think about like how Charles Barkley used to play and things like that. She will just outwork everybody. Uh, she gets to the line a lot gets a lot of points on putbacks and things like that. I think she's, she's going to be one of the newcomers of the year in the league to me. Uh, Shamari Hale, we didn't mention, we talked about Wright State. Uh, I kind of, I put her 14th, uh, her efficiency numbers were just off. She had a better efficiency rating than Angel Baker, which is kind of crazy uh, limited time. So she's going to be in that group. We didn't even mention her as one of those people that's going to be kind of asked to step up. Uh, sure. She's 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 six two. Uh, she's you know 
like I, like I said, efficient. She's done a lot with limited time on the floor. Um, a little bit of a flyer on her, but she could blow up this year. Uh, Purdue Fort Wayne, I put Riley Ott on there on, on my third team. Uh, sort of a figurehead for the entire program, really. I think they're in the prime position. I really liked, you know, they won. They were better than a one-win team last year. They were. I remember there was a series at Cleveland State late in the year where they they almost won both of those games. So, and I think with the, I think they 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 of all people benefit from a coaching change. Obviously, we have yeah. Marie Marcusano on the on the on the podcast, and I think that was a that was probably the steal of the you know that was probably just an amazing get for them. Yeah. And, I think and it's going to be I think it's going to be night and day for them next year. I really think I think and Riley Ott, her sister Ryan, who's a little bit of a bigger player than her. I mean, she's on she's one of their freshmen that they'll have on board. They got Starks out of Detroit, who was a former um, all freshman team player who had ten points a game. So, you know, they're and like you mentioned, they're going to get the the new coach bump, which whatever that's worth. So, you know, they're they're poised. I'm not saying they're going to jump into that that upper middle class we were talking about, but I don't think they're going to finish last either. Uh, no, I don't think so either. You are correct. So, let's see what we got. Oh, Leah McQueen, we got to talk about her from Oakland. The, the uh, Illinois transfer uh, was a top 25 wing player in class. Kind of had a little bit of a disaster of a year there with the Illini, but uh, she's a Flint native coming back home. And her with uh, with Kalijah Dean, that'll be a great guard tandem. And, I, you know, they'll be Oakland will go as far as the two of them can take them. Yeah. Who else we got here? Oh, Ivy Turner from Northern Kentucky. Uh, she's a great, great shooter. Uh, they have obviously Lindsey Duvall, and Grayson Rose back as well. And uh, I don't have much else to say about that. Uh, another uh, Jada McLeod. I want to mention her from Illinois, Chicago. Uh, she, geez, she was. Uh, she's only like six one, but kind of they don't really have a big, so she kind of plays that role for them. And she did it very, very well. A little bit, a little bit like Wolfong just outworks everybody in the paint and uh, gets, a, gets a lot of points. Uh, she's got a good arsenal of moves under the hoop, which is something you always need, obviously. Uh, talked a little bit about Madison Wise and Nick, all those IUPUI people. Uh, Chelsea Olson, uh, we talked about Youngstown State already, but uh, she's going to be, you know, that – that 20th year senior, however long she's been there on a roster with a lot of turnover, she's going to be the one that's kind of count on to keep the ship steady and keep, you know, be, be, be the, uh, the continuity of the culture that they have down there in Youngstown. Uh, I'm really excited to get down there and watch Youngstown. They have a lot of players that I'm kind of intrigued to see. Chelsea Olson's kind of the, the standout that's been there all along. And uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be an interesting team this year too. I don't necessarily have them towards the top, but you know, they, they, they could very easily surprise us. Honestly, who, who really knows at this point, <laughs> the team turns over, you know, half their roster. You can say, okay, well, here's what we know about that half. And here's what they did before and project that a little bit, but ultimately, and then at the end of the day, you know, holes can be greater than some of their parts and things like that. So, uh, yeah, that, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so, well, that seems to be, yeah, that's a, yeah, those are just a few that I want. You, you can go on my Twitter and look at the entire list there, but those are a few that I kind of wanted to single out there. And that's at Kyle HZRT. I keep messing that up. I don't know why. I you, you know, I don't know. It's my fault. I, it's fine. I, I almost, when we were at the beginning shouting out our Twitters, I was like, oh, did I put the HZRT before the Kyle or after? I couldn't even remember. You don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> and you put it together. I need to change my display name on there because it just says like Kyle. Like, okay, hi, hi Kyle. How you doing? He's just random dude named Kyle. Just random like, dude named Kyle. Yes. It doesn't seem to matter because you know people are starting to follow you now. Yeah, it's. It was kind of funny. Went to the the Cleveland State had their their season ticket holders for for the men's selection event yesterday, but they had both teams there signing autographs and. Few of them kind of start to know who I am, and like, uh, you know, Isabel Gradwell's kind of sitting there. I'm like, oh, she doesn't. Yeah. And Kielsmeyer comes over. Oh, she knows who you are. Just the kids are kind of weird about wanting to admit that they look at somebody's tweets. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. But yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Like Taylor Levy's the one. She she signed my poster and said, "Love your content." So I appreciate that endorsement, Taylor. If you happen to be listening. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, of course. There you go. 
and more will know you. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, we're not gonna, and we're not gonna say, uh, and I'm not gonna say you, you're going to have, you're gonna soon, pretty soon have an interview with Macy Williams, but I'm not gonna not not say it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Uh, hopefully, I don't salt somebody the wrong way here, but hopefully, they uh, kind of get back to me. We can do it. I'm sorry, I've been doing this for how long, and I haven't done it yet, so you're fine. <laughs> I'm hope I'm hoping we can get that done this coming week, but kind kind of depends on. Uh, certain SIDs uh, answering their emails. <laughs> okay, man. You know, Ed Holdaway is the be- one of the best. So. No, I, I know. So you should be good. I, All right. SIDs love me because I say stuff like that. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you know, because you were about that life long ago in a galaxy far, far away. So oh, yeah. you, you know the ropes. Absolutely. Um, um, so, so okay. oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. I don't even remember what I was going to say, so go ahead. Awesome. Well, before we go, I, want to, uh, I do want to talk about something that John wrote about earlier this week um, that may may actually have some. It's a it's a it's a you know a conference move that may have uh, Horizon League ramifications, um, as I'm sure many of you already know. Apparently, for some reason, the Ohio Valley Conference is just imploding right now. Not sure how that happened, but apparently everybody's, you know, the the A-Sun, which I, for years, was this low major way station, you know, Northern Kentucky to tell you all about that, is now becoming this, like, mid-major mega conference. And then all of a sudden, Belmont is leaving and going to, to um, go into the Missouri Valley Conference. So that leaves a whole bunch of teams in Tennessee, Moorhead State, and Murray State. And I speak of Murray State specifically to say, Murray State, any any administrator from Murray State, if you're listening, please come here. Please. <laughs> yeah. It's a really interesting situation because for, for us, you, Murray State would be a home run. For State, they're probably looking at the Horizon League like, well, if these other things don't pan out, but you could very quickly end up in a situation where, you know, the 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 party in that that has less to gain is more desperate to make it happen. If you know, um, my hunch would be that at some point the Missouri Valley is going to throw out an offer. Um, you know, that's my hunch. Uh, Beyond that, you know, you mentioned the A-Sun. Maybe they're just waiting for to see what happens with the Valley. And if that doesn't pan out, they already have an offer from the A-Sun from when all the other. uh, So here's something that I wanted to talk about the A-Sun that I don't think anybody's talking about is Liberty's there. They're an FBS school and the American Athletic Conference just lost three guys. When is the I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop to get for them to get the invite. I don't know why. I don't like Liberty. I don't think anybody likes Liberty, but nobody likes Liberty. Nobody <laughs> likes Liberty. I'm not surprised. We're mentioning them in this podcast. They. You know, I, I took my best swing at getting blocked by their football account on Saturday when they lost to us Syracuse there, but hasn't happened yet. So I'll just have to keep <laughs> trying, I guess. <laughs> You'll have plenty. Of anyway, Liberty's not coming to the Horizon League, so who cares no, about that? <laughs> They look down upon us for many other reasons, and not the least of which being they probably listen to this podcast and like, we can't be with those heathens. Get out of here, Catholic. <laughs> <But laughs> get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah, you basically create a situation where, I mean, if we could get Murray State, that would be a home run. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think Murray State would also create a situation where we could potentially go out and – um, you know, grab another team um, for me. The, the two the two teams that I would think of are there there uh, Morehead State in the Ohio OVC or Bellarmine. Yeah, and and for me, Bellarmine is kind of the Morehead State's been D one for a while. We kind of know what they are. They did just go to the NCAA tournament. They finished a game behind Belmont for the yeah. OVC title. So I mean, they're they're a good program and a good team right now. Um, if you look a little bit closer, sorry, one sec. Um, never mind. Um, but you kind of know what you're getting with them in recent years. They haven't been as good as they were last year. 
Whereas Bellarmine came up first year D1, they finished a game out of first place in their conference behind Liberty. Um, and they can't do jack squat in the NCAA tournament for another three years. Yeah, but that's <laughs> hilarious. It's a similar situation to what Northern Kentucky was when they transitioned up and we nabbed them before they were eligible. Um, I, honest, I'll be honest with you. I think they're I think they're a step ahead of Northern Kentucky right now. Yeah, in terms I, of their progress during through this transitional period. And that's what makes them so you know exciting is the on the court product. Uh, and also they don't. And also since by virtue of the fact that they came into the A Sun when the A Sun was still that low major way station, and then you know fast forward a year, they're like, oh, we're going to create this mega conference. <laughs> yeah, and, that's and by the way, incidentally, that you know they're starting football in twenty two. Um, they obviously they're they're trying to create this mid major like super conference in basketball, and we haven't even talked about the fact that you know they they just decided to create this uh, you know create this uh, you know conference that offers you know for that's going to be sponsoring men's lacrosse, which incidentally Robert Morris, Detroit Mercy, yeah. and Cleveland State are all involved in. I was going to mention the lacrosse angle. Glad you got that. Yeah, um, but yeah, the. That's the interesting angle for me regarding Bellarmine. Obviously, we have, you know, Northern Kentucky, one of their old rivals. We have, um, you know, they've kind of, the ASUN has shifted away from, shifted, I guess, towards football forward ads. So there's kind of two different packs of, you know, teams to look at uh, as like, so you got the core of the conference, the teams that are all, NCAA tournament eligible. They've been together for years. There was a rumor last year that they might try and create a mega conference and then split it into two different things, um, essentially doing what the Big East AAC did back in the day. Um, yeah. And what apparently the yeah what apparently the SEC is planning to do now apparently. And yeah, Bellarmine. Since they're not, they haven't been around for, I believe it's five years consecutively with all those other schools. They don't really factor into that half. Then on the other side, you know, a part of how the A Sun's been able to, you know, quickly rise out of, you know, the being the conference on the deathbed is a really ambitious plan with football. Bellarmine isn't really factoring into that right now. Either. Exactly. So, so that would make a it would make sense and. Kyle Craven would be super happy because he wrote this piece about how Bellarmine would work really well in the Horizon League. So, you know what? I don't think he's wrong. I like it. I like it down. I went down there to see – that was one of the first sporting events I went to post-pandemic because I went down there to see them beat Cleveland State lacrosse. It's a nice place down there. I wouldn't mind hitting that place up for some road trips. There you go. So – so yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. Nicole. I guess we'll see soon enough because I think this is probably everything has been happening so fast with this that you know, I mean, do, well, the other question that I on the flip side, do we see is there a possibility of any Horizon League team going to the going to the OVC? No, I say I, no, I, I, absolutely what, not. We'd have to be nuts. Yeah. yeah, when you look at how I mean, I mean State has a foot out the door. Yeah. And by the way, and funny you mentioned, and I, I mentioned that by saying because the because um, I was listening to Harry Schrader's uh, Valley Insider podcast uh, earlier this week, and he was they, they talked touched a little bit about how they kind of you know they the plan was that they wanted Northern Kentucky for the OVC, but they muffed it, and we got them. So I don't think they're going to take another bite at that apple. Um, for reasons that escaped me, I also saw UIC's name getting kicked around, and that doesn't make any sense at all. No, yeah, I, I saw, I think actually on Valley Insider, uh, UIC and Northern Illinois, who's an FBS school who, you know, not yeah. that Are, long ago played for a BCS Bowl. They're not going to the OBC. <laughs> no, not at all. Unless they were talking about Northern Iowa. I mean, that might be it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they were confusing their IUs, uh, their Northern schools, who knows. But yeah, that, I don't see that happening. Um, they've also been kicking around Western Illinois, but I don't see Western Western take because aren't they in the uh, aren't they in the Missouri Valley for football? They are. That may not be a deal breaker. Um, they are like, one of like, like the, incidentally, it would be for Youngstown State. Right. Right. Um, 
I mean, obviously Youngstown is in the horizon for everything but football where they're in the Valley. Um, So it it may not be a deal breaker. And I almost think, so the summit doesn't seem to care if it's losing schools west of the Mississippi, right? Or east of the Mississippi right now. So I almost think they'd kind of be like, oh, okay. Cool. I think Western Illinois is the only one that's left that is east of the Mississippi anymore. Yep. Yep. I mean, everything else is that really? they, they've made a western shift since you know since the if over the last decade. You know, it started with Valpo and then went into you know Oakland and then IUPUI and Purdue Fort Wayne and tell me what tell me what pattern you see there. <laughs> But yeah, most of the most of the shift has been west of the Mississippi, and I think mo- I think a lot of that has to do with the dominance of the, the Dakota schools. Sure. That you know how you know dominant you know the, all of the Dakota schools, specifically South Dakota State, has been. But though you know South, the University of South Dakota, and by the way, I'm just I'm totally out of my depth. Go listen to uh, Todd Buckingham's um, and and his you know Zach, Zachary Dosh and um, Greg Stevens. Um, podcast reaching the summit you know do that because you know i'm i'm telling tales out of school right now so <laughs> and that's gonna do you know what and i'm gonna i'm just gonna leave it at that and close out this podcast um stay tuned next week i'm not sure what we're gonna do but you know be on the lookout because i, I'm, I i've got some things i'm plotting plotting it sounds sounds ominous <laughs> good that's the way i wanted it to go um <laughs> So HorizonRoundtable.com, uh, you can visit us wherever podcasts are found. Uh, that's where all our podcasts and uh, written content is. Um, you can pull us up wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, um, you can pull us up in your Amazon or Google devices. So we'll talk to you next week. And until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>